Welcome to the Comic Blast Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Comic Blast Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson, and with me is my fellow Spidey bro, Keenan. Yeah, they know what time it is when it's just us two on an episode. Uh, They know what they're about to get. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It's been a bit since we've done our Spider-Man 3 review, uh, but now we're bringing our amazing Spider-Man review. Um, We actually had this planned a little while ago, and then Keenan got COVID and got really busy with work and a whole lot of stuff. And so it kind of just didn't work out. But, I mean, we still have, at this point... uh, two months a little less than two months till no way home you know when we started this thing i was like we might not have i thought we're gonna fly through this and i'm i was thinking you know we might have to stretch this to reach december and now i'm like we better pick up the pace because there's a lot of spider-man content to get through and two months is not enough time we still have three movies after this one. Right. We still have two games that we would like to cover and, and rehearse over. Um, that being uh, Marvel Spider-Man and then uh, Miles Morales. Yeah. And then any anything else we want to cover. Also, Venom 2 is this weekend, and we are going to go see that, and I'm sure we will review that as well. I think we got four movies. So we're going we're oh, to do Spider-verse. Spider-Verse. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, we do need <laughs> so to pick we've up already, the pace. That's already, like, what are we up to, like, six weeks right now? So we're, we're going to have to start pumping this out, like, once a yeah. week. Yeah. Like, well, actually, sorry. I said it's, it's a little less than two months. It's about to be October. So it's all of October, all of November. So we oh, have, yeah. So we have two and a half months. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So that we've got a little bit better. of time, but we do need to, like, pick up the pace. For so, sure. So please tweet us uh, and berate us and be like, yo, People Put out that, that amazing that Spider-Man too. It's true. <laughs> I've got. I get DMs all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, without further ado, we're gonna be talking about the Amazing Spider-Man, that which released in 2012, directed by Mark Webb, uh, someone that we, you, you and I in the past have praised a lot as a director. Yeah, mostly um, you. Well, I, I'm not against yeah. him, but you, you brought it like to my attention how yeah. great he was with Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so. You know, props to you for that because I remember we have we had like a really good conversation and there's a clip on our social media about Mark Webb mm-hmm. and his understanding of Spider-Man and and you really opened my eyes up to that so I'm excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. So, and this is at this point is just becoming tradition. I'm only like halfway through my rewatch because I like <laughs> I procrastinate so hard and then I'm like so I'm like I think I'm an hour and a half into the the movie. Yeah. But obviously I've seen it so many times that like I know how it ends. You know, like. I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, I remember this movie very, very well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, speaking on Mark Webb, like, I think one of the things is he he definitely understands these characters in this world very well. Yeah. Um, we talked, we've talked about in the past how the best villains and whatnot are intrinsically tied to Peter Parker. Yeah. And that's something that this movie understands very well with Kurt Connors, um, how Kurt is, you know, co-scientists co um co-employees with peter's father um and but they definitely had a relationship together yes they were like they were friends yeah um and then uh, obviously that kind of mantle is passed down to peter where they're working on the uh, uh decay rate algorithm um mm-hmm. and all that stuff um 
So that thing, that's one thing that's really cool. Speaking on Kurt Connors, though, and I, I'm wondering, like, I, I don't know if this is just, like, just how I feel currently. Um, Kurt Connors is a character uh, that, like, as I, I was rewatching today, like, I think he is a great character, and I think he's a really underrated villain. However, for an origin film, I don't know if I particularly like the lizard as an origin yeah. film. Like... I think he's one of those villains that would have been better suited for a sequel. Yeah, he. Yeah, you would think that that's more of like the second film, right? Um, villain, because it does. They. It is a little bit underwhelming, and I get that. Like, you know, the. The main thing that they were trying to, you know, do and set up was just the whole relationship with Peter and his, and his father. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is. It is a bit of like you know. When you think of Spider-Man and it's in Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery, the Lizard is like bottom tier of like it's villains. It's pretty bottom to mid tier somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, so it is a little bit underwhelming. And then, because especially coming off of the Raimi films, and you like you started strong with Goblin, and mm -hmm. an argument could be made that you probably took that storyline out a little too early by killing off um, mm -hmm. Norman. But yeah. they, but they like they still kept Norman around for like you know some important themes throughout the trilogy. Yeah. So that kind of worked out. But yeah, going to this film, it was very you know it seems like they kind of played it safe with the villain and a lot mm -hmm. of like the plot points. They didn't really do anything to take any major risks. Um, it was just kind of like by the book. Like let's make sure we nail this. And you know the heart of both of these movies is really just nailing Peter Parker. And, oh yeah, um, his character and the relationship that he has with the people around him. So I think that, for me, that's what's always carried this film was Peter. Mm -hmm. You know, him. You know, becoming Spider-Man, and uh, and his relationships with other people. Yeah, the, it's interesting Peter's character arc in this. I, as I'm watching it, I'm realizing, um, and people, I think, kind of gloss over this because people focus on the fact that like Peter is quote cool in this movie when I personally don't think he is that cool like I, yeah. like I think he's he's a bit of a wallflower he's kind, he's very socially awkward yeah doesn't understand social cues like he's a little bit he's very angsty yeah um and which and, the, and all of these are very accurate to his character in the comics people say like people will always compare like oh which one is the most comic accurate it's tom it's toby oh no it's andrew or whatever i think in terms of an origin film this is the most comic accurate uh for peter parker where he's not like the best dude you know like he's a he's a decent kid but he's not like the greatest kid ever you know like he forgets to bring the eggs home and he forgets to pick aunt may up and yeah he's he's very selfish and arrogant in the beginning until he learns some of those lessons um he's obviously very smart and and does well in school um but he he's can be a jerk sometimes for sure um He's like the modern-day outcast, where he's not like the your cliche nerd mm -hmm. um, that you see getting picked on in movies or maybe in real life. He's just more of an outcast, and he's one of those guys that you he is he is cool, but people don't um, necessarily take the time to get to know or understand him because he is that outcast. 
because he yeah. can be cool as you can see like when when he's talking to Gwen you know there it is a little bit awkward but at the same time he's he's still got like you know a bit of um confidence and he's really good with banter with her back and yeah. forth so it's not like you know he's completely fumbling over his words trying right. to talk to her you know it's just like somebody had to find a way to break through to him but mm -hmm. I, I see him more as like the outcast as where like Toby's Peter was like he's straight up nerd you know yes um, yeah like so. by the book geek yeah, yeah. exactly like geek um, yeah and I think Andrew Andrew's Peter starts to come out of his shell a little bit and get mm -hmm. more confident um, especially like with him you know finally like he I mean, he starts dating Gwen in this movie. He gets his powers. He just, he gets a bit more confident and kind of finds himself a bit more in this movie. Yeah. Um, but um, his progression to becoming Spider-Man is one that I, why I think at face value, people think, oh, it's just them reach, like repeating the exact same story. Yeah. As, but I, I would disagree. I, I watched this movie and his progression from Peter Parker to Spider-Man actually feels a bit longer. I don't feel like he becomes yeah. Spider-Man until maybe a third or even like halfway through the movie. Um, I think the he gets scene that... on the bridge with the kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's about, you know, where he starts to realize. Um, that's when the great power comes, great res responsibility kind of hits him, I think, around that yes. area, area of the film. Yeah, because throughout, I mean, so he gets bit by the spider. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like he lets that kind of get to his head a bit by like sure. kind of em embarrassing Flash unnecessarily, yeah. and then um, and then being like uh, not my policy sort of thing with uh, the criminal. Yeah. But then after Uncle Ben is killed, he goes on a manhunt. And I mean, if you remember, like in the first Spider-Man movie with uh, in 2002, Peter did go after the criminal, but then he can take like that was like he finished that and he was like, um. Like, he, he didn't kill him or go into vengeance or whatever. Like, he realized, like, what he had done. Yeah. And that criminal, like, stepped out or, like, tried to attack him. And he, like, fell through the window. Um, and then Toby's Spider-Man, like, realizes, like, okay, like, I need to do more with this. I need to finish with, like, atone for my mistakes yeah. and be better. And, um, but in this one, it's like, oh, he makes the suit and everything. And even when he makes the Spider-Man suit, he's still going after his uncle's killer. Like, sure. I mean, it's like, it's a whole like 20 minute long thing where he's like, he's actively trying to find this like blonde, uh, mugger, um, yeah. with the star tattoo. Yep. And he never finds him in this movie. Like he never finds him. And, and that's what I actually, I find interesting. And I actually appreciated because, when I think about it, I'm like, man, it's weird that he just never finds him mm -hmm. at all. But then I think about it, and I'm like, when he gets to the bridge scene, which you mentioned, where, where I think he becomes truly becomes Spider-Man. What like he literally he even says like I'm Spider-Man. That's the first time he says it. Yeah, is when he saves the kid, and he I think he lets go of finding his uncle's killer. Like he mm -hmm. he just he drops it. Like he never finds him or anything. That that like whole arc kind of dies off because he's just like. He just kind of stops because he and used to powers. His his mo main motivation was he's using his powers to find his uncle's killer, and then it becomes more than that when he realizes you know he has a responsibility of saving these people, and specifically the that kid in that scene, 
and he realizes like with you know say it over and over again but like with with the power comes a responsibility um so also you know we should mention that he's partially responsible for creating um lizard uh, yeah he kind of he kind of gives him the formula Mm -hmm. um in a way but yeah like that whole scene it's 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 incredible especially the part where you know the kids falling uh the car's on fire and the part where he takes off the mask and, and gives the kid and tells him to to wear the mask it'll make you strong and i think right in that moment is when you know the kid puts on the mask and then he climbs up because mm-hmm. before he was scared yeah. so he understood the weight or like the how i don't know how much influence or how that that symbol you know mm-hmm. that mask um affected somebody yeah. this kid who was terrified to climb out of the car he puts the, the mask on and climbs out yeah and, you know saves the kid so it he starts to realize like this is a symbol this is important to people you know in a way yeah um yeah i mean like that's i think it kind of clicks for him too um because he's not gonna let this kid like die on this bridge and he doesn't even go after the like the lizard escapes you know yeah. he, he cares more about saving people than right. than hunting after the lizard um and yeah like I, that that moment right there i particularly like and i find like really unique um but then kind of jumping to another point which people talk about all the time and something that like it's just night and day compared to the Raimi movies um and I just love so much more is G- Gwen as a love interest oh yeah she is so much better <laughs> than top than tier. MJ yeah she's top tier like not just Spider-Man love interest but comic book movie love interest mm-hmm. like you don't really see that in comic book movies so much nowadays yeah. um, the way that <clears throat> I'm learning like as I watch these films and and watch movies in general that I'm way more forgiving of flaws in movies when I'm invested in relationships mm-hmm. whether that be relationships or, or friendships if you can make me feel something between two people or more and and make me care about somebody's like relationship I I out you know that outweighs anything like CGI you know fighting choreography you know, yeah. clunk, clunky editing and story writing, and that's that's something that works so well in this movie from the get go. I don't know what they do. I don't know if it's just because they have amazing chemistry. You know, uh, uh, Emma and um, Andrew. I was trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Like, you know, they dated in real life. Obviously, there's some sort of chemistry already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that relationship, it's, it's top tier, like for any comic book movie. Yeah. She's actually like a companion to him and yeah. there's just little scenes that like really stick out to me, like how much she cares, um, for Peter, like yeah. towards the end, which I haven't got through to that part in my watch through, but like when she's helping him get the, the antidote, the, yeah basically like the gas to put to make all the lizard people not lizard people (laughs) which is which is like we we have to get to that eventually yeah (laughs) yeah um that's just such a such a i don't like that plan at all like that i'm like come on lizard um (laughs) but um 
like even right after Uncle Ben dies, um, you know, Flash comes up and he's Flash even tries to oh, comfort man. Peter. Which, by the way, best Flash in any of the movies. Please I know he barely go got that any. Scene. Yeah, I mean, Dude, you, okay. you can remember it well. We have to go through that scene because it's so, so that's impactful. one of my that's one of my favorite scenes in any Spider-Man movie. Yeah, because it really <laughs> shows like the relationship and Pe- the relationship that Flash and Peter could have. Yeah, because in the comics. Flash and Peter, like, they become end up becoming best friends. Like, yep. they, they truly, like, their relationship makes a total 180, and they actually become, like, best buds. And mm-hmm. and Flash is a huge fan of Spider-Man. And so, um, and even though, like, Flash is a jerk from time to time, like, in that scene, he comes up, and he's been, like, he got humiliated by Peter and everything. He comes up, and Peter's like, not now, Flash. And then uh, he kind of reaches out and, like, puts his hand on his shoulder, and he flips him around and like pull, pins him up against the locker and um and he says he says a very subtle line which is like it says like feels good doesn't it like yep. and it's a direct reference to like flash lives in an abusive home yeah and that's one of the reasons like why he like he's he takes bully. out a lot of it he ta- yeah he takes out his anger on other people mm-hmm. and he's like it feels good doesn't it and he's like listen i'm sorry and you know and, and peter just kind of drops him and lets him go and he's like i'm sorry about your uncle and then uh, he walks away, like clearly distraught, and yeah. Gwen kind of stops him and just gives him this hug. And and Peter's still like, obviously, he's very upset, and he just he kind of accepts the hug and goes on. But like, yeah. Gwen very much cares for him, yeah. and um, and that's just it's just something like I love that it that they show Peter with this like emotional emotional vulnerability. Um, that's like it's just very integral to his character. It, it's one of those moments that I I love in specific Spider-Man scenes um seeing Peter just like really be in his feels, you know, like and you you understand what he's going through. Yeah. Like I think about the scene in Spider-Man PS4 with Otto, right after right he yeah. beats Otto and he's like you're everything I wanted to be like or um just like any good um emotional scene like that. That's just a really beautiful one to me. Yeah. And it's it's one that makes me want even more of Flash Thompson. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in a deleted scene in the second movie after graduation, yeah. and it makes me really sad that we didn't get more of his character because the most Flash we've ever gotten has been in the MCU, and, I, like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big Flash Thompson fan. Like, I have yeah. the Agent Venom comics right here in front of me that I spent a pretty penny on because I think his character is amazing and I love his arc. Like, in the comics, he, he starts off as a bully, and then... Um, he becomes best friends like and uh college i think they become college roommates at mm-hmm. one point with peter and he really just turns his life around he enlists in the army and he sacrifices his own like he basically sacrifices himself to save his commanding officer and, and in the process loses his legs and then is given a second chance by the government with the symbiote yeah. to become agent venom and even when he's agent venom even though agent venom kills people and whatnot he prioritizes saving people like that's what he does like he will put the mission at risk just to save other people and like obviously his commanding officers and stuff do not like that because they're the military but he's like it's what spider-man would do you know like and and that's an awesome thing about his character and just like flash also reaches out to peter like when when moments get hard like i read a comic recently where um jay jonah's wife dies and it, it it was like 
Peter beats himself up for it because he thinks he could have saved her when he, he really couldn't have. She sacrifices herself to save Jonah and uh, and Flash tries to go comfort him, you know, like yeah. as like a good friend. And it's just moments like that that I'm like, man, I think we deserve to see that on screen, you know, because people are off, like they're. <laughs> People are aware of him and Harry Osborn's relationship. Yeah. In the comics, that kind of falls apart. But it's like, man, like, like I've had personal scenarios where there's been people that I have been, quote, rivals with or, like, say, like, there's been bullies and stuff at school that, like, once you kind of get to know them and, like, kind of get down to their core, they, like, really, they turn around. Like, and it's yeah. a very real thing. Like, people... Sometimes people just need a little bit of love and friendship to kind of turn their heart around. It's like but, it's a defense mechanism, you know, for hurt people. And, yeah. you know, not for everyone, but, you know, in Flash's case, that's what yeah. it is. I'm trying to think, was there ever, like, in the Raimi movies where I don't think, like, MJ ever comforted Peter at any point in time because of Uncle Ben's um, death? Uncle Ben's death? No, yeah. Not at so, all. So, like, it was mostly, like, all that. Um, all that weight went to Aunt May. Like that's, you know, you saw mm -hmm. Peter's emotions through that, but it wasn't. I don't even. I can't really even think of Harry so much. No, having I mean, like a moment with Peter. After so, Uncle Ben dies, he just kind of becomes <laughs> Spider-Man. And I think that I remember there was one moment like that. Um, Norman says something to Peter yeah. at the graduation. He's just like, uh, I think he says something like, "Your uncle would be proud," and he's like, yeah. "Thank you." Like you know. And then, but the the only time that I can remember MJ being, um, kind of like intentionally trying to comfort Peter was in Spider Man Three when he figured out about his uncle's killer being sure. act actually being um, Flint Marco, and she goes over and she's like, "I'm worried about you," you know, and he's like, "Don't be like all that yeah. stuff." Um, so and, yeah, and so that's, that's like, like something kind of unique to this movie then to like have, you know, Flash try to you know extend his condolences and mm -hmm. mj or no, mj uh gwen being you know concerned about him giving him that hug yeah. that's something that's kind of unique to these movies and how people they... have really real human interactions <laughs> in this movie yeah uh, it's one of my favorite things about um peter and aunt may um aunt may played by sally fields which i i personally i think for a more classic um, Aunt May, Rosemary Harris is for me, but like I love Sally Fields yeah, and I love good. what she brings for Aunt May. She feels like the most, she feels like the most realistic Aunt May to for me. For sure, yeah. Like she's the right age and like, you know, the right temperament and everything. Like she feels like an aunt, right? Like she yeah. feels like his mom. Yeah. Um, same thing with Uncle Ben. Like I love Uncle Ben in this movie. Like yeah. I think he, he does a great job. Um, I'm trying to remember, it's, um, is it Martin Sheen? I believe that's yeah. Him. That sounds that sounds okay. about right. Yeah, I think they're both just they just feel like an actual family to yeah. me, um, and and they don't feel like. And this is no offense to Cliff Robertson or uh, Rosemary Harris, but they don't feel dirt old. <laughs> like <laughs> like they feel like proper aunt and uncle. It's almost um, like they're so old that you wonder if they have the ability to kind of care for him in the way that he needs if that makes sense like yeah you know there when you get to a certain age you're like i don't have time to like worry about you know teenage nonsense yeah. and i don't really know that that's what they're going for with this but i do like i like the age i love the actors um and like you said it does have like you know 
it does feel like they're a little bit more of a family. Yeah. Like, um, I love the, the specific little lines, like, you know, Uncle Ben is trying to fix some stuff in the basement, yeah. right? And he's like, oh, you know how to fix this or whatever? And he's like, oh, I'll go to the hardware shop in the morning. He's like, all right, thanks. And then he kind of lectures him when he gets back and forgets to pick up Aunt May. And Aunt May's like, no, please, like, it's okay, it's fine. And Uncle Ben's like, like, hell it is. Like, he deserves, the, like, you deserve yeah. an apology and stuff. And then, like, the, the meatloaf line, like... Mm -hmm. And he's just like, oh my gosh, this is, like, this is the best meatloaf ever. And he's just like, oh yeah, something's seriously wrong. He's, he's like, yeah, nobody likes your meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. she's, like, she's like, we've been married for how many years and you've never told me you haven't liked my meatloaf? Yeah. Like, and Very it's just real like, interactions. That, that's, it's funny. It's so, like, it's so heartwarming. Um, yeah. And then after Uncle Ben passes, like, there's just these key moments between uh, Aunt May and Peter that... Um, I just find very heartwarming. Like she's sitting there on the couch sleeping, um, assume like presumably not being able to sleep yeah. uh, at all because she's grieving for Ben and he just kind of puts the blanket over her. And then she, he comes back late. Um, and he's obviously all bruised up and she's just like, I can't sleep, you know, like I'm like, I'm worried sick about you. Like you, you go out every night, you come back with these bruises and stuff. Like, yeah. like I can't ever since Ben's death, like I can't, you know, and um, it's and even towards the end of the movie, where like he kind of gives up on Gwen, like because of uh, of Captain Stacy's yeah. uh, or he, the promise he makes to Captain Stacy, she's kind of encouraged him to be like, no, like you need to go after her, like that, like I know that's what your heart wants, sort yeah. of thing. She just feels like while while the Aunt May in the Raimi movies, I think gives the just most amazing wisdom ever yeah <laughs> i think the one in um the amazing spider-man universe feels realistic sure. feels like an actual ant and, and i love that um and i'm trying to think what are other details in this movie i guess we can talk about the plot overall um yeah. i i'll say i think the plot may be one of the weakest in this movie like i'm this is one of those scenarios and, and this is just me in general but like i'm more attracted to character development than i am plot development yeah um like i don't i don't like i read I, I particularly consume media whether that be read or watch or whatever for the characters i just yeah. i love characters it's character driven um, stories not necessarily like you know, plot-driven yes. stories or hitting right. plot, you know, certain plot beats. It's about the characters driving the story forward. Yeah, and so the plot with the Amazing Spider-Man movies, both of them, yeah, I don't think are that great. Uh, I don't, they're not bad by any means, but this one specifically, like, we were talking about the lizard people earlier, yeah. and, like, it's focused on this, like, it's the most science-y of the, of the Spider-Man movies, mm -hmm. like, a lot of science research scenes and, like, you know, test trials and all of that stuff. Like, and by the end of it, you know, the lizard is running around and trying to turn everybody into giant lizards. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> like that's yeah. the most, like out of thus far, out of all the Spider-Man movies we reviewed, it's the most impractical of the villain motives. Like green goblin, like, I mean, green goblins insane, right? Like he's yeah. the most insane of them. It's like doc Ock. He's trying to 
like get this project like he can get it to work again you know yeah um and then by the end of the third like spider-man 3 they're just trying to kill spider-man like they just they have a vendetta against spider-man and this one it's just like lizard people yeah like (laughs) when everyone's lizards no one will be (laughs) it's the most like it's not it's not to the point where i'm like disgusted at it and it's unwatchable but it's very like meh yeah it's just like you have the whole thing like peter basically helps him turn into lizard and there's like a cool moment his like arm grows back and you're like oh wow like that's that's awesome you know and then you yeah that's a beautiful scene yeah and then you find that this is actually not the best thing um (laughs) uh lizard has a layer in the sewers there are yeah. lizards for some reason all crawling down the sewers yeah. <laughs> in New York. Why are there lizards in New York? You know, um, and <clears throat> then uh, Peter's trying to like you know spy on him or whatever. He's down in the sewers. Uh, then lizard finds out you know because of his camera that Spider-Man is Peter Parker and he's just gonna go to the high school and yeah. try to find Peter Parker. Which the fight and everything in there is great. Like. Yeah, great fight. It's it's awesome. Uh, great one of cameo the best, from Stanley. Let's just about to say that one of the best uh, Stanley cameos. But the whole the whole fighting in uh, in the school is cool. It's a very unique like Spider Man fight mm-hmm. because most Spider Man fights are like you're swinging around New York. You know, it's something that's different. You know, just a different action set piece. Um, so I have no real issues with that. But yeah, I mean, and then and then it's just like now he wants to turn everyone into these lizards and that's when i'm just like okay and then you got all these <laughs> cops turning into lizards and it's just like <laughs> what are we doing here like it's it, it it's kind of a mess um yeah but you know it's whatever like i said like it's it's forgivable because i love peter so much and i love gwen and i love the flash interactions um yeah it's the you know, character they, moments. For yeah, me. they set up Norman Osborn in this movie, but don't reveal him. But then you find mm-hmm. like you know something's going on with Norman. Um, so, and there's also like a lot of really tense moments too in the movie, specifically in Oscorp and like Gwen trying to sneak around. Yeah, there's like a couple jump scares where the lizards oh, in yeah. there, you know, and um, there's there's some really cool stuff like that. You know, more like what does it feel like to be a human? Um, and not Spider-Man when faced with the lizard, you know? Yeah. Um, and like you said, like Gwen serves a greater purpose than being like the damsel in distress mm-hmm. in this film. Like she's essentially the one who's trying to save everybody in this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the plot is just kind of like, like I said, it's meh is the best way to describe it. It's like, it's the it's the less least interesting spider-man plot of all the films i think but it's also like more coherent in than the amazing spider-man uh sequel because that one is just kind of like all over the place and this mm-hmm. one is just like you you're you know you know where you're heading with this movie. yeah um like it or not you know where you're going yeah I think the best part about the plot for me is like I like when the cops are after Spider-Man. That's something that we've never seen before. Oh yeah. Where like like the like, the, I mean you see it like barely in the first Spider-Man movie where like apparently like there's a uh, 
there's like an arrest warrant out for Spider-Man, but he, he like goes on the fire and saves it, and he's like, all right, but like I'll be waiting when you get back and yeah. all that stuff. But in this one, it's like the cops are actually like trying to arrest him, and yeah. that stuff's really cool. Um, like I like I like that, you know. It makes sense. He's a vigilante. That's illegal. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, there's like this is there's one moment that I was thinking of towards the end that like I I both like, but I also don't it's really weird it's the crane scene like i i I know exactly what you're saying it's cool that new york came together to try to help spider-man in that moment but it's also like why like why why cranes going down every single new york you know street the same street like yeah it's like (laughs) why do we have all these cranes on this street and i'm like why like what difference does it make that he swings across a building in, in yeah exactly cranes? it's like it just is like okay <clears throat> thanks <laughs> you know yeah but it's also um, like you know it's it's the same you know the first spider-man movie toby Maguire's, has a very similar thing um where you know the new yorkers kind of band together and start throwing crap at at mm-hmm. green goblin to help him while he's trying to you know save the kid and save mj um on this bridge so i do i i'm always a sucker for like new yorkers coming together to help spider-man you know so for that i do like it um but when you try to think like make sense of it you're like this doesn't really make sense you know yeah could there have been a better way for them to come together and it also happens to be the guys the the boy's dad yeah on the bridge it's just like Oh, I know that Spider-Man guy, Crane guys. Let's yeah. go, let's he go, saved, guys. He saved my kid on the bridge. He's like, he's like, let's get all the Crane guys together at nine yeah. o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just have not left their posts. They have been at their cranes all day. It's, it's not like you know the city's in mass hysteria as lizard people are running around, and it's yeah. not like it'll be easy to get over through the freaking Brooklyn Bridge to get over to your crane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... I do love the slingshot scene. Oh, you know, there's here's another one that I wanted to bring up. There's a lot of first-person web uh, swinging mm-hmm. that I really enjoy in the movie. Yeah. Um, I think maybe there was a little bit of that in the Raimi movies, but not much. But there's that there's that one part where he's swinging around and running across buildings, and then he lands and hits just us, you know, skyscraper, and it's just this reflection of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really cool scene, and that's unique to Spider-Man because I don't think we've gotten much of that since the mark webb movies either no i mean there that been first, a first person, person feel is is so cool i mean like it's it captures a lot of like new york and he's like you know he's kind of traversing over the buildings you got pigeons you know flying as he's like you know running mm-hmm. across buildings you know there's some really unique stuff that i liked and i think i think everybody would agree that mark webb's web swinging was the best like, yes I th- he nailed it improves- that better than anyone it improves also tenfold in the second movie because the second movie combines like the the very like up close feel yeah with the kind of grandiose um, style of the Raimi movies yeah and he just he feel like Andrews just feels so acrobatic like I, I was watching it and I'm like oh in the Raimi movies like Toby's movements feel very big and bold like he's throwing Stiff. big punches and like. Yeah, like, exactly. Whereas, like, 
he i mean andrew like he just is so acrobatic and it feels agile. more control too of what mm-hmm. he's doing yeah like i'm like even when he's running away from the guys as he's chasing them uh, or running away from the guys as he beat them up trying to find his uncle's killer like he's hopping over fences and climbing up the walls and stuff and like poles and he's just flipping around like no problem you know yeah. um and i i love that um and then the first person scenes are really cool because it just kind of like you just feel very in the moment. Yeah. Um, but that one scene actually got cut short in the movie, and it, it, like the full first person scene of him crawling through the rooftops and everything was originally in a trailer. Um, hmm. And then, but like in the movie, they like it's kind of like the beginning and then the like the middle and the end. They like make it like very quick, like only yeah. like ten seconds. In the trailer, it's like a minute long. Um, but then that was when the suit first got revealed is where he like gets up on the uh the reflection of the window and you that's where you see the suit and you're like oh how do you feel about the suit in this movie because it's a big point of controversy i it's crazy that it's controversial because i love it and i i actually like it more than the second movie's suit and i know that really yeah because like everybody thinks that that the amazing spider-man suit is like top tier the best suit for live action it's good like it's really good um, but I like how practical it is, mm-hmm. you know, with the the lenses or the, you know, sunglass lenses being his lenses. Um, I don't know. It's just so unique. But it also, unique. like, yeah, also it has a little bit of classic to it. And I love the, the color. I think that the red and blue is just a little bit more vibrant. And I, I, love, I love that. But, I mean, there's, there's so many, like, there's so many weird things. details for each part of the suit like the gloves are like you know so different and Mm -hmm. you know it just feels like it's a bunch of different things stitched together um, to make this suit it doesn't feel like this thing that just kind of flows perfectly yeah I don't know I mean like I've always loved it I you know I've been replaying Spider-Man PS4 and I've been using the heck out of that suit and playing you know the amazing Spider-Man music while I'm swinging around New York I love it it's it's not like my personal favorite It'd probably be like in the middle of like all Spider-Man mm-hmm. um, movie suits, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's super unique and like, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Like, and of course they, they change it very quickly. My ideal scenario would be like they, if they combined the second suit and the first suit into one where like the really cool streamlined, like red and blues going on his gloves and kind yeah. of like on his arms and everything. I love the big spider on his chest. Um, the head, like the my only problem with the suit is it feels like it's very like like it's squeezing him almost like yeah. it feels very tight, you know, like it doesn't feel like it's you know moving along with his body. It yeah. feels like it's like a size too small, you know. Sure. <laughs> and so like it just it feels like sometimes it's like stretching and he's like it could rip at any second sometime. Yeah. But like I love the sunglasses thing, like you said. Like I love the gold lenses personally. Yeah, me Some too. people hate them. I love them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's I great mean, for and, a first movie suit. Oh yeah. And if they continued on throughout, the, like you know, more movies, I'd have been like, ah, uh, you know, by now he should have upgraded this. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I wish, like, I wish if we got a third movie, <laughs> it would have been kind of like this really cool blend of like the second suit and the first suit, or yeah. it's like it kind of gives you the classic and the his own unique feel to it yeah um but i mean that's just coming from like a point of we're in a generation where every movie they get like not even one suit anymore like a new suit but like two new suits (laughs) every movie they get like multiple suits 
Yeah, because like Toby technically only had two suits in his three yeah. movies, whereas Tom has had like five. You know, <laughs> like, it's and he's only on his third movie. It's like, oh, we've now got the homemade the black suit, and the gold home- coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like we got the homemade suit, the homecoming suit, the Far From Home suit, the Iron Spider, the black and gold. Like, and then the, Night yeah, Monkey. It's just, yeah. Oh yeah, Night <laughs> Monkey, and then the black and red suit, and you're like, oh my. Like, he's had like seven or eight suits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're like. God, but then Andrew's like, I got two. I got one for this movie. I got one for the next movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine uh, with like one movie at a time doing that. I yeah. have no problem with that. The thing like the MCU movies is like they try to make the suit serve a purpose. Yeah, you know, like he needs it for this reason, and that's why he needs a new suit. You know. Yeah. Um, but I the thing I loved about the Raimi trilogy is even though there was like, there's he technically like other than the black suit, he really it feels like he only had one suit. With mm-hmm. like, there's very minor details, but it didn't seem like a complete overhaul of yeah. the suit, you know. Um, so I like that, and I'm and I'm fine with you know one suit per movie uh, with these movies too. So yeah, you know, and I think I think they nailed both of the movies. But like, nailed both of the movies. The in suits, sense. the suits. Oh yeah, like I think that both of them were great. I just like the first one a little bit more, just because it just seems so practical, unique. Yeah, and um. I like that it just doesn't it's not perfect you know yeah I agree I remember in the interviews they said their goal for this suit was to make it seem like somebody could make it at home it does which I, feel that way what, it, it feels that way but I'm thinking I'm like I couldn't make that like <laughs> no not us but Peter Parker could <laughs> Peter, yeah exactly I'm like okay um yeah I'm trying to think of other points in this movie um well there's the emotional death of um Gwen Stacy's dad. Yeah, Captain um, and Stacy. How, yeah, how that kind of ties in. Yeah, um, that's a good moment because it's weird. Like, I don't particularly love his character, but like by the end, I'm like, oh, I like I feel he's this. So death. annoying. Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh my god, I'm like, why do you hate Spider-Man so much? You know, yeah. he really has no reason. Well, I guess that he kind of feels like his under his work is being undervalued now, mm-hmm. and you know, the, his officers like they're losing their lives and stuff. I guess he feels like cops are being underappreciated and undervalued. So I guess that may be his motivation in this movie. But there's the moment where, you know, Peter loses his mask and, you know, he basically is just like, go, go save her. You know, he could have arrested her because they had him like surrounded completely. Um, But, you know, he finds out it's Peter. They work together. Stop the lizard. He dies and yeah. um yeah and then it's and then you know pete is left with a decision it's like do i respect his dying wish that i leave her alone or do you know i break her heart and stop talking to her which he does for a while yeah he does it for a little bit and then he he decides you know what screw it i'm gonna like i'm it's it's worth it, you know. But then it kind of goes it into wasn't. the next movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it is, and then yeah. it's not. It goes, you know, very it's, much back and forth. It's a lot, and it's something that's cool that they definitely took from the comics very well. Is that whole like, you know, because she knows his identity and everything, like it it puts her at risk and all of that. And it's just something that's very intrinsic to Spider Man. Um, it's his worlds colliding, basically. Like, oh man, Spider Man's life and Peter Parker's life. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I'm interested 
to see what you think of before I think we can wrap it up here pretty soon. But um, is the post credits stuff in this movie and in this universe? What's it's the post credit? Like, I don't even remember what it was. It's it's the lizard in prison, and he's like talking to the, oh, some guy, yeah. like the shadow, like shadowy figure, the guy yeah. with the hat. Oh, so they're immediately like kind of trying to set up the Sinister Six. Yeah, they, and they they do it again in the second one. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, and it's just like oh, Sinister Six. Like, but when the, no, I was yeah. like, I remember when I f- walked out of that movie, like <sighs> ten years ago. Uh, wait, sorry, almost ten years ago, like in eleven. Yeah, because uh, yeah, um, I was like, oh wait, it's two thousand. I, <laughs> I was like two thousand twelve, not two thousand eleven. Yeah. Um, so almost in ten years, um, being like, no, that would be. I 10 know years. a lot about Spider Man, and I don't know who that is. Say what? That would be ten years. In twenty twelve. It came out in eleven, right? I don't think so. Pretty sure Sp- Amazing Spider Man came out in twenty twelve. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Because fourteen was uh, Spider-Man two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty eleven is where like they started announcing. Yeah. The or twenty eleven is when they announced the movie. I think yeah. that they were gonna like be remaking it like early twenty eleven. But, um, yeah, I remember walking in the movie and like, I know a lot about Spider-Man. Who the heck is that? <laughs> and I looked it up and it's like some really like obscure character that's just like basically just sets up the sinister six or whatever i was like okay yeah sounds good and this is at the time that like mcu post credit scenes and stuff like i mean this comes this came out the same year as the avengers like the problem with like the mark webb movies is that they try to they do too much with all these secrecy like secret storylines you know where there's mm-hmm. like there's something always going on in the background and nothing is ever really what it seems and it almost went really bad with even though there's a great deleted scene where Andrew Garfield is amazing acting yes. we'll get into it with the second movie but that whole storyline could have really just muddied everything in this universe and yeah. i feel like there's a lot of that always going on like oh there's this thing going on behind the scenes you know like, my father like all oh, that's like it's his whole yeah, it's family like legacy thing stuff yeah it's like they always gotta like drop these little hints of like there's this uh, there's more to it than you think you know yeah and instead of just giving us like hey it's a great storyline for the first and second movie it's like you know how else can we set up more stuff you know yeah so personally i don't and this is a critique i also have with these movies i don't particularly love when they tie in peter's parents to like him as spider-man there's a storyline in the comics where like they're revealed as like secret agents you know that like and they come back they weren't dead and and people did not like it and i'm like it's never really been a big thing like this whole like secrecy behind his family and his parents and stuff but like for what they're doing for this universe, I don't hate it. You know, like, it could have been a lot worse. Um, and I, I'm glad that they don't take away the focus from Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Like, that's still very important. But they, de- like, it's just, it, it's definitely them trying to do something new. Where it's like, yeah. Peter's parents were mentioned, like, one time in, in all of the Raimi movies. It's just like, oh, my parents are dead. I live with my aunt and uncle. Like, that. Like that's yeah. literally what he says. And you're like, okay. There is I like that. There is that conflict in the movies where, um, it just seems like it, it's frustrating to Aunt May and Uncle Ben because they they see themselves as the parents and the ones that were mm-hmm. there. And I think Sally Fields even even has like a line in there where she's like, you know, I raised you. Kind yeah, of that's thing. in the second one. Where yeah, he, yeah and, and 
you know, Peter's trying to find out all this crap about his dad and his parents and what's going on with that. I don't, I don't really love it. Like, it's one of my biggest gripes with, you know, we'll, pro- we'll probably have to actually get into this with the second movie yeah. review, but, you know, they set it up in this one uh, from the get-go. You know, the whole movie opens up with young Peter and his parents, and I don't really like that the whole direction with that, but... yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get into that for the second movie because there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's a lot more that they tie into all of that stuff. But yeah, um, the last thing I wanted to mention um, that I think is super underrated is the the score in this movie by mm-hmm. James Horner. Yeah, um, I definitely like Hans Zimmer's score in the second movie a lot better, but I think it James Horner's score works amazing in yeah. this movie. Like it's it works beautifully, and it's something that I wish in the second movie when Hans Zimmer came along, he would have taken more of James Horner's stuff because it's basically just erased. Like, and I think it works perfectly for this movie. And it's just, it's just because the amazing Spider-Man two has a drastically different style and tone than the first one does. This one's a lot darker. It's a little, it's a lot more personal for lack of a better term. So like the soft cues and the music and like very, very, um, ambient uh, brass yeah. instruments and stuff like that like it's not super big and epic whereas like the amazing spider-man 2 is like <laughs> like in your face yeah. music it's like a mix of the amazing spider-man 2 is like a mix of this like techno dubstep um lots of electric guitar yeah and then this like very in your face like brassy you know Theme. the whole the movie yeah, yeah starts off like do 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 like, yeah right in and it's your like face. and you're like this is awesome but like what happened to the old one <laughs> yeah 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 like this is epic yeah but i like the first one too so and I'm, like just a teaser i don't really love the score for the second amazing spider-man movie whack i know people i know people do whack. but it's just it's just not my thing so i the second one, I yeah, we'll get into it in a second. In yeah, movie. for it's sure. Fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> just set, we're just giving people a tease for the yeah. next one. So stay um, tuned. Yes. Uh, I think it's going to do it for this episode, unless there's anything else we forgot. I'm trying to make any other mental notes. We talked about Gwen. She's awesome. Peter, really well done. Andrew Garfield's performance, really good. Uncle Ben and Aunt May, awesome. The lizard. Uh, the music. Uh, oh, one last thing. What you mentioned the action scenes, like they're good in this movie, but in terms of the grand scope of all the action scenes in all of the movies, it's definitely in the bottom for me. Like, yeah. I think the best action scenes are like in Spider Man 2, 3, and The Amazing Spider Man 2. I think those have like awesome action set pieces. Yeah. Like, I think about the Times Square fight scene coming up in the next movie, and like that's sure. amazing. Spider Man 2, the train scene, Spider Man 3, when they're in like, the, I mean, every fight scene an action set piece in the third movie i think is amazing yeah um this one definitely like i'm watching the action i'm like this is good but not like i'm not like oh my god you know like nothing yeah. mind-boggling yeah um, there's never a moment where like um like spider-man 2 for instance like the whole subway thing it's one of those things where you literally get sucked out of like like the world that you're in yes and it puts you into this action scene and like that's all you can think about or Mm -hmm. focus on like i'm not looking around the theater or people around me or anything i'm just like oh my god like your eyes are glued to what's happening and Mm -hmm. you're trying to retain all of what's happening and there's definitely no moment like that in this movie at all Um, yeah 
but it's there's still some enjoyable stuff and some like there's some creative like ways that he whips like i love the way when um lizard is in the school and um peter or spider-man kind of just like is literally climbing around lizard like a spider and webbing yeah. him up and i'm like that's cool you know that's yeah, something that's like new that. and creative you know but there's no like huge thing where it really just like the third act of um the first spider-man movie where you know uh spider-man and green goblin are you know facing each other and it's just like very dark and brutal fighting you yeah know? and i think like they kind of just like stop playing music and all you hear is the sound of the punches yeah and, and the weight that they carry so yeah there's there's nothing like that in this one yeah it's it just feels like the closest to me to like venom where it's like the venom sure. action scene i'm like oh wow there's like three action set pieces in this entire movie and they're like not remarkable at all because you like, don't know what's going on it's just a bunch of like there's just a bunch of symbiotes clashing to each other and i'm like yeah. i don't know who is winning right now i'm just like yeah it's just a bunch of slime getting thrown together yeah like, the this movie it's uh, and this is the last thing that i'll say and i think we're i think we're done yes yeah. the amazing spider-man can sometimes just be really dark like it yeah. just feels like it's nighttime all the time which it works for the vibe of this movie that's what they were going for but sometimes i'm like dang <laughs> i want some more daylight in this movie which yeah, the second sure. movie does that very well i think yeah. the second movie does a beautiful balance of both nighttime and daytime yeah. um and it's just very colorful and vibrant where this one feels a lot like it it i mean they advertise this movie as it being like a darker like it was like the untold story right yeah uh, that was the the marketing and this is coming off of like the heels of um, the Dark Knight movies, and in a few years, a year after this, we get Man of Steel, right? Yeah. Like, kind of like the darker, grittier stories, and it's like, all right, like, th appreciate you guys trying something new, but for Spider-Man, darker stories are few and far between, and I love the darker stories, but, like, the origin story, while it has darker moments, it doesn't yeah. need to be nighttime all the time, you know? Yeah, um, I gotcha. Yeah, I think The Amazing Spider-Man overall, the more I think about it, like, and it's it's so hard for me to, like, rank the Spider-Man movies, because there's sometimes I just adore this movie, and then there's other times I don't, and this is, like, I think overall, it's kind of mid middle to bottom tier for me. Sure. And, like, I just, I get more enjoyment out of other, like, a lot of the other Spider-Man movies more. Like, if I'm going to watch a Spider-Man movie it's definitely going to be like Spider-Verse or Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 1. Yeah. Um, but that's just because my personal taste. Like, I love what this movie sets up. I love the character moments. Like, it's just, it just has a lot of flaws. And I think it's honestly because Sony just started getting their hands into it so actively. And it really screwed over Mark Webb. <laughs> yeah. The way you would put it is like, if you're ever in the, like, if you're ever like, man, I'm in the mood to watch a Spider-Man movie. Like, this is not the movie you're going to put on if you're Probably in the mood to watch a Spider-Man movie. Like, yeah. it's not the one you're going to recommend if, like, somebody wants to watch one. Um, we like it because we're Spider-Man fans, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to just go out there and be like, you got to watch the Amazing Spider-Man one, you know? That's yeah. just not it for me. And they're enjoyable, but they're just not that. So I think, like, for me, it's going to probably be middle tier. Yeah. Because I'll definitely watch them before the MCU Spider-Man movies, so that already knocks it up two of them. Mm -hmm. And it's probably, like you said, like middle to bottom tier Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just personal preference <laughs> or whatever. I think people should give it a chance and watch yeah. it and have your own consensus. But for me, it's just like, 
valiant attempt at rebooting it. You didn't nail the landing quite, but you did a decent job, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the relationships, it's all I cared about. That's yeah. how you won me over. Yeah, the character dynamics and everything is really what makes the movie for me. Um, yep. I'd give it like a... I'd get... I, I mean, this is just how I'm feeling now, but I'd give it like a 7.5 out of 10. Like, yeah. I, I maybe maybe an 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, you'd have it higher than me, probably. I Well, my rating is always like, basically, if it's 5, it's if you put if you put a num- like one at 5, it's trash. So, yeah, it's, like... <laughs> uh, so, I'm different. I'm like, 5 is just like, uh, blah. You know, it's like, not trash, but... It's yeah. just like, it's whatever. It's so weird. I, I basically should just do a one to five scale. You really like, should. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, I'll give it like a three and a half. Because like <laughs> if I say, if I like say six and a half, then I'm like, it was a good movie. You yeah. Know, that's me. Six and a half for me is I'm like Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No. Um, like for me, it's like, it'd be like six and a half, seven. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably around there as well. Um, yeah. Sometimes I just get. I like, will be really the one who movie. translates um, grades for you. <laughs> so, yeah. so when you say like nine, I'll be like, he really means seven. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. what it means to everyone else. Basically, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you guys for staying tuned and keeping up with the series. Um, yeah. We're gonna try to start picking up the pace soon because now I want to watch the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man two pretty quickly. Me so. Too. Hopefully within the next week and a half, we'll have the uh, Chasm 2 review. Um, But yeah, if you haven't checked out our other episodes, uh, we've got the first three Raimi films uh, already uploaded, and you can go back and check those out. And if you're waiting for the next one, go ahead and watch Amazing Spider-Man 2, and uh, we'll get that episode out as soon as we possibly can, because we've got a lot more to review, apparently. More than I remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're like halfway Um, through. Yeah. Um, you can follow me or you can follow us at comic blast underscore on social media. You can follow, um, Keenan at Keenan creates, and you can follow me at straights there eight. We've also got a Patreon, patreon.com slash comic blast. Shout out to all of our patrons, um, that are loyal and faithful. We appreciate you all. And if you want to help support us, you can, uh, hop on over to, um, Patreon and, um, and just help us out a little bit, but it, obviously no, uh, requirement there. So no, yeah. That's going to do it for this episode. And with that being said... Just let me go. Is that a knife? Is that a real knife? Yes, it's a real knife. My weakness. It's small knives. Just let me go. Anything but knives!